I think whatever's happening in the world is impacting everybody. You cannot possibly go through 2020 thus far unscathed. Everyone in one way, shape or form is really being challenged. Welcome to Satori Prime's Have It All podcast, where you get your fix of personal development without any of that fluff. A podcast dedicated to the unending quest of self-discovery and remembrance. You'll discover new breakthrough thinking and feeling technology that will cause shifts in all areas of your life, your finances, your body, relationships, and most importantly, your mind. You'll uncover your truest self, and for probably the first time in your life, feel 100% worthy of having it all. It's time to stop talking and fantasizing about your dream life and start living it. So get ready to have your mind expanded in the best way possible. Now, fair warning, if you implement what you learn here, your life will never ever be the same. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. Hey friends, feels good to be back. Does it? <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so weird. Like even with uh, the fact that I lost power and was like out of commission the other day, even that was like, a, you know, being out. So yeah, back again. Yeah. On a, on a weekly basis, the amount of global and interpersonal events that are happening, it's like seismic, you know, in, in nature. So yeah, I, was, uh, I was telling guy a really, really funny story. Well, not funny, but just like uh, encapsulates 2020, if you will. So uh, the, the place that I uh, go play tennis, they had this dilapidated, like shitty little hut where they would store everything, like store the balls and all that stuff. So two weeks ago, they built this brand spanking new. They had these guys working for like two days building this brand spanking new building. And I was like, oh my God, they finally did it. Like after all these years, that building, the one before was like, teetering you know it was like falling apart and i walk in today and a huge hunkin tree just slammed right down in the middle of this thing and i was just one of my friends goes 2020 huh yeah. <laughs> like fuck yeah wow yeah. it's kind of like that and there's a my other buddy that uh, this was some some other funny thing like we uh we wanted to go play tennis but the, obviously northeast here was getting hit by a hurricane this was on tuesday and um, between like, we were going to play at 9.30. He's like, why don't we go at nine before the rain starts? And I'm looking outside and it's like gray and kind of like maybe drizzling, but not. He's like, listen, man, like, let's just go out there before the next plague hits. And I was like, it's, it's one of them years. <laughs> it's not even one of them years. It's just year. It's like, <laughs> there, there was no other year like this year to compare it to. So it's just year. Oh man. That's <laughs> unreal. Yeah. Like, yeah I, I think today coming. we should just talk about some, some of the things that we've been doing to just, uh, deal with the, the onslaught and the ferociousness of the, the pace that everything just keeps happening. Cause I know that we're in a, a far better situation than most. And, and I've even said, if it wasn't for the work that we've been doing, I probably would have lost my mind at least a few times. Sure. So, uh, yeah. and, and, and so to that effect, yeah, I was going to, my first question on here is going to be like, so how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even going to say anything. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think there is something to that. I, I, I try to think like if this was happening three, four years ago, 
uh, for me or even five years ago, like how I would get pulled into a lot of um, stories and experiences and then like what it would be like to make choices in my life Absolutely. from that place, like how I would lose money or sabotage my business or even maybe my relationships or something like that. And um, I feel empathy behind all that for, yeah. I understand that a lot of people are doing those things um, at, in reaction to what's happening. So that's a, that's an interesting place. But yeah, I mean, I mean, no, no, uh, you know, everyone's got challenges. Um, Elon was just telling me he's got his second round of uh, poison ivy in in a span of like a month in a span of like a few like a month and a half i um i i've had i've historically had incredibly healthy teeth never, never had a cavity at my life mm. um but i had this like toothache that started in march it was handled they removed half a tooth i don't even know if dentists remove half a tooth but it like split on its own so i just asked them to just remove half a tooth but it's acting up again so i i don't take pain medication almost ever but i was chewing on Advil yesterday just to try to uh, deal with the intense fire that I'm feeling on my face. Um, By the way, I just had a funny thought as you were sharing this, excess potential. Because sure. you were always so proud of the fact that you like never had cavity. It was like a big thing for you. <laughs> it's all a big thing for me. I still never had a cavity. <laughs> uh, don't, don't bring excess potential into this. But anyway. <laughs> I, I, it's funny cause I was with, uh, with Andrew yesterday and what I was looking at is, um, yeah, again, we all deal with life in different ways for me. It's always like physical, like my emotions show up physically, you know, it's been, if it's not, if it's not the tooth, then like I haven't been able to turn my neck for like, <laughs> like five weeks. Like that was really intense. Um, I dropped this big glass bowl on my toe three days ago trying to save it from the ground so i couldn't like walk for a few days now it feels fine again you know my wrist it's like my my experience has always been really physical and i was like, inquiring into that so it's like funny there's like you know the part that's like oh i'm in pain there's the part that's like oh i could take it and i'm proud of the fact that i can make it through this there's a part that's like sad and alone like nobody understands my pain like there's all these different you know parts that get attracted to it so we're really looking at it did a bunch of excellent work on it because as i look around i'm in i'm in this home with a people sarah's sarah's like me uh mandy's sister is just like me everything is very physical for her oh interesting and, and i can see it's an expression of her emotion it's very clear for me and we always laugh about it because she's fiery some and i you too right it's a lot of like physical stuff shows up for you in your life um it does Right. So, it, and I could see the connection between the two and I'm like, I, I see, it doesn't have to be this way. It has yeah. always been this way, but I get that it doesn't have to be this way. And that's an ironic thing. But I remember like, even I graduated college, I got on the road for that 30 day road trip and mom's parting words to me were be careful and don't hurt yourself. Because like, even back then, I remember there was always something physical going on and she was concerned that I was going to get on the road and like really hurt myself while on this trip. Like that was like the context of the, the conversation. And I remember thinking like, that does happen a lot to me. That's strange. Cause I, I don't see that happen to everybody. Um, so it's something I'm, I'm like looking at right now quite a bit. And I, I found I have it too, by the way, now that you're mentioning it. Yeah. I, and I keep telling him, I'm like, you love to hurt yourself. Yeah. It's a developmental thing. Huh? It, I think, I think, and then part of it, and dad has the same thing, right? It's like falling, like I did the same, I fell off a motorcycle. Dad falls off a motorcycle. He won't take care of it properly. It's like, let's just put some Neosporin on it. It's, it's literally like my big fat Greek wedding, right? Just, just give me the Windex. <laughs> 
Um, and the same thing, right? Like any normal person with what I have right now would have been at the dentist two days ago. And I'm here like, it's okay. It'll go away until it won't, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> until and it won't. but isn't that, isn't that part of the, uh, from what I remember in five personality patterns, isn't that part of the character styles? Because I remember one of the lines that like really struck me was that we have this thing, like, unless if it doesn't kill me, I'm okay. Yeah. So like we can withstand a tremendous amount of physical exertion and physical pain and ailments. It's almost like our way to, in some weird, I know this sounds so weird, but like, uh, to feel alive and, sure. and, and a part of life. Yeah. I, I found a, a place yesterday. It was really interesting where, uh, I could see that, you know, we are obviously really deep in the world of sensations and that's been a really good doorway for us to, um, start experiencing our emotions again. Um, but there's like, but there's like a depth to our emotion. And I think that's true for many men on the planet, even many women on the planet that we don't really quite have like access to that level of emotion. Yeah, and that was yeah. a little bit of a, uh, yeah, yesterday was interesting because I, I could see that there's, um, it would be too complicated to explain something that I feel that I can only feel, but I don't have a language for it quite yet. Sure. But the, but the reality is, is like these, you know, up until sensations a few years ago and doing that kind of work, I didn't have much access to emotion. Now I'm finding more access to emotion. Um, and, and there's something about that, like that, that's what feels true. It's like the, where I don't feel my emotion is where things show up physically to like bring my attention to. Yes. And then I have to get real honest with myself. Like what's underneath all that, like this martyrdom, this like, Oh, look at me, look what I can go through. Um, there's the, there's the sadness. There's even the longing for connection in there. And a lot of different pieces that, that go along with that. I'm ecstatic that it's here now and that it's something I can look at. Um, and yesterday there was a, a, a few moments where I started feeling ease around emotion in a way I haven't felt before. I don't, again, really know how else to describe it past that, but it was, um, you, I have a question for you. Do sure. you feel like, cause you were saying it's a developmental thing. So I, I just want to kind of like dive into that. Cause I, I, think I believe, be I want to, I want to emphasize that I believe it's a developmental thing. I don't want to say like, it's the absolute yeah, truth. Yeah. Yeah. Do you because I know like as a child, right, we develop and really what we're wanting is attention. Always we're wanting the attention. Sure. Do you feel like we somehow got, you know, something happened in a physical ailment, we received that attention and it just becomes this kind of like ongoing pattern where you're like, oh, when this happens, I mean, not at a conscious level, at a subconscious sure. level. I'm feeling into now. I mean, look, uh, know, knowing dad and how, how he is, we may have subconsciously picked up on it's important to be big, tough, like brutish type of being, right? Not that dad is a brute or anything like that, but um, just like in that energy of like, it's it's important to be tough. Yeah. That kind of thing. Like life for us was, it was important to be tough. It was important to survive. It was important to be strong. It was Also like, Israel in general, just if you think about the Israeli culture, men and, and women, I'm not, I'm not even saying Russian, like men. Like, Russians too, Russians too. Both, yeah. both masculine, feminine energies, very, very in the masculine cultures. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I can imagine if you're like a sensitive being growing up in that kind of culture, like what it would be like. Right. And, and, and you can almost like draw a line from that to depression, <laughs> like as a sensitive being who's not allowed to be sensitive in, in a cultures that don't allow for a lot of sensitivity or don't maybe not even allow, but there's just like not space for it. They don't even know how to. Right. So 
you can almost like draw that line of it's like, oh, I really deeply care about this stuff and it's really hard to express what I deeply care about. And so it's like more important to build this part that looks like survival. And that might be feeling too much for somebody else. That might be sadness or depression for somebody else. And, you know, like we've all kind of developed these different ways of um, trying to get attention or because he asked me an interesting question. He's like, how did, how did it feel when you were sick? Like when I got sick, how did mom, like mom and dad show up? Oh, and I was like, well, what I remember is you getting sick and me drinking medicine. Like that was like a big thing. I hated medicine. But, but maybe that was part of it too. It was like, oh, he's sick. Look at me. I'm sick too. There's something wrong with me. Right. Like again, you could start drawing all these like little lines that you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then you got to really feel into that if that's true. Um, but yeah, those were kind of all the things I was investigating yesterday. And I, I found this part where like I've become um, extremely efficient with the healing process. So I, I found the part that I started calling the professional because I, you know, I, 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 I can draw a distinct line in my mid twenties where we started doing developmental work of where I started feeling like value to other people and an entire life before where I didn't feel valuable at all on planet earth. Right. And that was probably like right around the time we started the business. Remember like we did SLP yep. and we stood in the center and it was still like, in your shadow kind of experience and everyone was trying to reaffirm to me about like this different thing. And that was maybe like 24, 25. So I can almost like feel the difference between like that person. And I have felt a lot of empathy and grief for that, that version of me. And then, um, you know, like now too, but it's like the pendulum swing swung, so to speak. And I, and I know how I get my value, like how I get my perception of value. And yesterday was this experience of kind of being in the middle of the two of those, like letting go of all those structures and like actually removing this, even that mask as well. And feeling what it's like to just, uh, be valuable, be valuable because I am, which I know is like probably challenging for everybody just to get that you're just valuable because you are by the nature that you were born to into this realm that that's your value yeah i feel like yeah. in the western culture i was just having a conversation with someone because we're such an achie like we celebrate achievers we celebrate you know, we have the Forbes list. We celebrate people that sell companies for millions or billions of dollars young. Like everything from a very young age is celebrating achievement. Yeah. And what's interesting is like different people achieve differently, but because our culture celebrates that top one, two percent of achievers and they achieve things in a very particular way then everyone else, like when you're growing up, right? We achieve the people who excel at sports. We achieve the people who excel at school. We achieve the people who excel in art, whatever it is, but like at a young age, it makes everyone else seem less than without, no one's saying to everyone else, like you're less than, but sure. by the virtue of us saying, these are the people that, that are gonna make it. These are the success stories, blah, 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 blah. Then innately inside you're like, well, I'm not like them. I'm never going to be like them. I don't have the skills or tools or whatever to be like them. And in essence, we've just created the epidemic of I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough or I'm not lovable or whatever that version is that we could create. What's interesting, like I think in Eastern culture, it's different. Like the, the, the celebration of, I think it's probably switching more now, but 
Eastern philosophy has always been very, very different, right? Like they celebrate those who are more loving, more connected, more peaceful, more, they celebrate being versus doing. And I think maybe that just creates like the different, um, although I, I do probably think it's changing as those places are getting a lot more Westernized. I think that's a broad brush. And it's funny that you mentioned that right now, because I walked in yesterday after a session and uh, on the TV, uh, my father-in-law was watching Indian matchmaker <laughs> on Netflix. Don't ask me why, but he was. And in the episode, Very popular the, uh, these days, is, is that true? I don't, I didn't even know that was a thing until I walked in. Um, and the mom talks about how, when she first landed in America with her children, she said, don't ever make a fool of me in public. Um, and, and like, uh, expected them to have three degrees, three degrees, no, no less than three. Wow. And like, and starts, and she's like battle axing this shit. She's like, this wow. is what I expect of me. Don't ever make a fool of me. Don't ever like act out in public, like all these things. And you have to have three degrees. And she goes, and my kids grew up knowing that. So <laughs> having said that, right, from coming from an Eastern uh, philosophical point of view, there, there is, there is. Moved, did they move here? They moved to the States where yeah. I didn't know where in the States, but no, no, but they, they moved from the East to the West. Sure, sure, sure. So, I mean, again, like there's 1.3 billion people in India. Some people are still very capitalistic in nature and are, are now the spiritual kind. And I, and I, I think that's the thing, right? Like, so you were talking about achievement with sports and whatnot, but, and then we create that as like the standard. Oh, that's the standard now. Yeah. You know, but, but it's like, I mean, even think between you and I, right? Like, I excelled at certain things how, and, and that created some sort of story for you. Sure. Sure. Any, any younger brother or sibling is going to look up at their older sibling. Okay. That's the standard now. And then it would be like, well, if you're not really interested in that or want to pursue that with the same gusto, like why would you ever be good at that thing? But there is this weird expectation. I mean, even now, right. As a dad and I have one, one kid, I just see how much resource goes into the first child, how much care, presence, and attention, there's definitely something to the first and the second child, right? Like the second child, you're like, cool, I've been through this. You're going to be more easy. You're going to be more relaxed. You might even not have the same level of presence and awareness with them. Like it, that in itself is going to create its own stories and uh, kind of like dichotomy for the child. So there's just I mean, so, many, I, so many things. I, I'm looking at my, my two children who are very, very different, like, like in incredibly different. And Shia is, he's like a boy's boy, you know, just wants to excel at sports, this and that. And then Aliyah has very, very little to no interest in that world at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's definitely more in the arts and things like that. And I can feel and sense from her. She has this conversation of like, it's not fair. And I've actually asked her flat out, like, do you ever feel like we give more attention to Shia or we celebrate more him and da, da, da. And she wasn't like, yeah, yeah, that's what I feel. Sure. You know, she, she was kind of like, I don't know, da, 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 da. But I can definitely see how it plays even with as aware as we are and, and in, you know, the amount of questions that we ask and things like that there's just things and patterns that get developed in all of us um, that we get to work through. It, it's fascinating for me with her specifically, 
he's like a lot more easygoing. She's a lot more, well, he's got his rigid stuff that he does, but I, th I think you're just, you, you get his world a lot easier than you get her world. She's, she's uh, a lot tougher in the sense of they both have a rigidness to them, mm -hmm. but Chaya is rigid and he can find his way into flexibility. She is rigid and it's like ironclad, you cannot move this mountain. So she's this little thing like this big, but, yeah. but the, the immovability is so strong. Yeah. It's amazing. My, my son seems to cut the difference between those two kids. He's a lot, he's a lot more like Aaliyah. And, and again, I think it's age who knows what it is, but yeah, my, my son's a tank. He knows exactly what he wants. That's what he wants. And it's like, you can negotiate, you can eventually like, we can redirect him. We can't really convince him otherwise. Like we can't yeah. change his mind about something. Um, I think, well, it's interesting, right? With sports, we get it. We give accolades. There's a way to measure success based on who's first, who's scoring points. You don't have that in art. It's too abstract. You're not going to have an art contest. Like even if somebody wins an art contest, it's based on complete subjectivity it has nothing to sure. do with their, their promise or, you know, sure. their skill level at that particular thing. So it's a really tough thing to be like, Oh, I'm getting better at it. Cause it's so fucking abstract. Like, how would you do that? Then maybe there's like some piece over there uh, about that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean the, um, you know, going back to like the central thing that we started talking about, it's definitely like in today's world and in, in, in this time, specifically this time, I think more than ever, if like you don't have something to ground you, it's really hard for me to imagine what it's like to be going through this. And like, as I'm sure many are with just full on panic, um, like and how much it how much it's pushed people into a fight or flight response. And then people wonder why people act the way they do on social media. It seems pretty clear. I really do hope that, um, honestly, we start transitioning, <laughs> we start transitioning out of social media. Like, I, I think if anything, this, this time has put a magnification on is like how defeatist this technology has become for everybody. And it's, it's not, I mean, there's definitely good things about social media. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, yeah, it, it doesn't seem to be creating cohesiveness in the way that I think was expected when this technology first came online. Um, I'm glad those conversations are being had, and I don't know what comes next, but it, you know, it's been 20 years, I think, since we've had these things, and I think there's a lot of room for innovation in terms of what we want to create next in terms of megaphone. You know, if you think about it, it's just a megaphone, and it's like the megaphone's always been around. It's just now you can, with your individual megaphone, reach other people who will raise their hand and be like, yep, what you're saying, people always talked crazy and people always had horrible things to say about other beings or situations or whatever. Now there's just, you know, that, that those clusters can rally a lot faster. Mm -hmm. At the same time though, think like I know people always like to look at the negative side of that, but like I'm telling you right now, if it wasn't for social media, if it wasn't for this level of technology that we have today, if this pandemic had hit even 10 or 20 years ago, it would have been a very, very different situation sure. for humanity. Because at the end of the day, we are social creatures. And if you tell social creatures that they cannot leave their house 
or see their friends or do all of these things. Like think about, we had Zoom dance parties. We had Zoom meetings with our friends. Like sure. because there was this necessity and desire to interact with other beings. But if we were stuck in our houses 20 years ago with no internet, no way to connect to other people, et cetera, et cetera, like the, the devolvement of the human psyche would have been a lot faster. Um, you know, my kids, like this whole thing with distance learning, how do you distance learn 10 years ago? Like that's not even feasible. It's true. So what these, all these kids out of school, like nothing, nothing, good luck mm -hmm. parents. I mean, th there's a, a I, I get that there's a level, but like at the same time, just like with reality, you know, for me and you, I know too, like we've curated what we allow in to our ethos. Right. And I'm very quick. Like as soon as I see someone posting a bunch of shit that I don't want to see, or like, they're just a propaganda machine, you know, like blurring out all these things, they're out. Like I would defriend you. I, I have no qualms <laughs> about it. If I see even, even recently, like there were people that I was friends with that posted stuff about black lives matter that just, I could not believe that this was coming out of their mouth. Like these are people I hung out with at parties gone. Like I, I'm not interacting with you anymore. So, and that's just so. because I get to choose what comes in here, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, etc. I think that's the way reality is, right? Like look what's happening right now. This is how we started, right? 2020 what's happening. There's plenty of people right now that legitimately all joke aside, think that this is like, the plagues, like we are going through the end of days, step by step by step. And I think if you look at reality, it's, you can easily make that argument, right? But you and I, we definitely aren't seeing it that way, right? Because we've, through our practices, have trained ourselves to see the beauty and growth opportunities in the pain, both individually here and on our bodies, as well as out there in the world. Like sure. I, I, and this might just be my skewed vision, but like, I don't choose to believe that all of this is happening just to piss off everyone and, and throw the world into upheaval. Like I just, I've watched enough nature shows to notice that there's a perfection, even though sometimes terrifying perfection to the way that nature is. Yeah. So I feel like social media is kind of the same thing. It's like, uh, here's a, here's where I'm at. I think this has been a, an interesting phenomenon for me because, um, you know, all the conspiracy theories now that are gained, gained quite a bit of traction. Those are things I've been tracking for many years. And you go back like six or seven years, most of these things were spoken about in like liberal centers. Yeah. Now they become like appropriated by the right wing culture, so to speak. And it's just, it's the same shit that left, progressives were talking about like six, seven years ago. So it's that, that phenomenon to me is very interesting. What I have found is because I, I I still look at it. So I suddenly don't feel um, hooked into either one. I'm yeah. like, I can hold all the uh, all, like different ideas in my head at the same time without having an argument about them. Cause here's the truth. I don't fucking know what's going on. I'll tell you my, my personal belief, like that feels stronger than other beliefs is that the earth is conscious. <laughs> it is a conscious being and that we are part of the expression of that consciousness, which means that any virus that's perpetrated 
or, or whatever, right? I don't even know if there's really a virus in the way that it's being presented, is part of a, a very vast and complex communication network that this being uses to evolve and express itself through the beings that live on this planet. So for me, like is it, even if it's the end of times, I'm like, we should celebrate that because that's what transformation looks like. It looks like the end of one thing and the beginning of the next thing. And we have clearly lived in the way that doesn't feel um, intelligently guided, um, that doesn't feel like it's an agreement with nature and uh, a lot of other things that we can speculate about. Again, I'm speculating, right? I, I can't see the grand picture of things. And I think it's a it's a it's a necessary step. I hope that we look back at this time in a few years from now and think to ourselves that was actually a really small sacrifice that we made. Overall, I'm not. And I, again, I'm not discounting anybody's lives at all. I, I I feel like it's interesting because like there there is a phenomenon on our planet that a certain level of psychology of an energy frequency that's emitted by people, greed, power, etc., uh, doesn't go away until a certain crop of people pass right? And transition. Um, and it's very interesting to me that the phenomenon that we're seeing is that the old, which typically are affected by these things are being affected and the young seem to be like not afflicted by it at all, which is the new, cr the new crop, the new psychology, the new energy, those that seem to be the star children, right? If you know about these things uh, are not really being affected by it. And it's like, you know, that to me, if there was a conscious being going, okay, well, we got to clear out the old and make way for the new. We got to get rid of old structures from like the, you know, million foot view, taking away, um, yeah, just taking away that, that like really interpersonal human thing that a certain person is dying and just looking at like a energy or a frequency that's shifting, like then there would be a physical change, even in terms of humanity and other aspects of our planet at the same time in order to bring that to fruition. That's what actually feels for me deeply true, but that, that, that feeds my biasy, right? Like that. Exactly. That, that yeah. feeds and my we biasy. get that. Like there, yeah. there is no truth. I'll tell you for me, you know, the taking the macro into the micro, I think whatever's happening in the world is impacting everybody. This is not like you, you cannot possibly go through 2020 thus far unscathed. I don't care who you are. Like, I don't care how much money you got. I don't care what race or religion you are. I don't care how old you're like everyone in one way, shape or form is really being challenged. Let's say that like triggered in one way or another. So if I could offer whoever's listening right now, some sort of tool. Okay. What Guy and I keep looking at, even before 2020, right? Like we were always looking at what in our environment out here is upsetting us, right? Like what's something that right now you're like, oh, it's really frustrating to me. Mm -hmm. And then what we learned to do is instead of trying, and this is what every human does, when something upsets you out here, the go-to is how do I fix that thing that's upsetting me? Right. So if it's a person, it's like, how do I change that person? If it's a circumstance, like a job or a place that you live, how do I get out of this job and into somewhere new? And we're like, everything is out here, out here, out here, out here, out here. So what we've trained ourselves through the years is to realize that that is a lost cause. Because what you're, all you're going to do is you're going to move the upset from this hand to this hand in the, in the brief time that this thing is floating in the air and it's in either hand, you're gonna be like, I did it. 
and then it just lands in the other one. You're like, damn it. I still feel the same thing, but with a different person or oh, I moved all the way across the world, but I'm still dealing with the same crap. Like it just is. And so if you get that and that's the pattern, we were like, okay, what else? And at the end of the day, it's just the inner. So something out here is happening right now in 2020, whatever your thing that you're stuck on and it's impacting something in here. If Corona life has taught us anything is that control is a fucking illusion. We got none of it. Zero. <laughs> you cannot control what is happening out there because in a matter of a week or a day or whatever the hell it was, the world went completely upside down and no one still knows where it's all going to shake out. So if I could offer you anything, it's you get, and the only thing that you can control is what is being triggered in here. Mm -hmm. So if, if some, if the trigger in here is this feeling of I'm not safe or I'm really scared or I'm really stressed or I'm really angry, whatever that might be. One of the things that I can recommend is, uh, and guy, just tell them where the link is. Cause I don't know now when you switch the things like with the meditation, um, and maybe we have to recreate it. I don't know, but, um, I would offer to just do guys meditation, the, the longer one, the, the healing one, because that meditation is very different than other meditations. We're not interested really in like sitting there and quieting the mind and just getting into this void. Like those are cool. This is a more active healing meditation. And, and what I urge you to do is actually sit and get that sensation, whatever that is. Is it anger? Is it sadness? Is it aloneness? Is it upset? Whatever it is, like imagine that thing that is driving you nuts. And then what the uh, meditation will actually allow you to do is to actually bring your awareness into your body and notice the part that is getting really sad or the part that is getting really angry or the part that's getting really anxious or stressed or whatever. And through that meditation, you'll learn how to actually give that part what it is needing. Because the illusion of the world is that if I go out there and I change my environment, I can actually make this part stop. But the part has never stopped. And you know that. I don't, you don't need me to tell you. You've moved to this thing and it kicks up. It leaves for a minute and then it comes back. It ain't going anywhere until you start doing this kind of work. And when you do this kind of work, like Guy and I have used this opportunity in 2020 and everything that's happened to create more safety, to feel more support in times where everything is like going haywire. I feel the most supported I've ever felt in my entire life, which even me saying sounds crazy to me, but like, that's my felt sense in here. And what's interesting is when you have safety inside, when you have well-being, when you feel support, when you feel love in here, then the way that you perceive the world, that great line, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, here's the thing. When you change what's happening inside, the outside will change without you having to do anything. Like you won't have to move the pieces anymore out here. Sorry, you don't actually have to change the inside either, right? It's like what, what, what we teach is how to create an environment in which that shift can happen on its own. 
because yeah. there, there's there's no human intelligence that knows again like the, the human body is so complex like we started talking about developmental and all the little things that can happen along the way it doesn't matter if you remember those things that's oh, cool you go oh that's an interesting thing all right i can make that i can draw that line all that stuff is really wonderful it can even help increase awareness but at the end of the day there's a sensation emotion and a feeling that goes along with what how your body's responding to its environment there's no human on the planet that knows the exact way to reformulate exactly what's happening in your very complex trillions of neurons connected in different ways it's too it's too complex but your body has a natural intelligence that knows how to heal itself so what we what we do in our work what other people are doing in their work too is helping create environments in which that process can take place more systematically um and and in healthier ways versus showing up like you know, anger or sadness or the different things when it's being suppressed and the energy is trying to move, but it doesn't have a way to get to move through and liberate and free itself. Um, and I think that's the big change. And, and then even going back to like social media, right? Like it's all this whole year. I mean, life is life is a microcosm like this, this social media environment. I don't think reflects life properly, but it certainly it reflects, I think, moments of stress or or joy that people experience because it's yeah. like somebody reads something they have that internal response and they take that one second of response and they write it across the screen and it will seem like that's the psychology of that person instead of realizing that it is a moment a reaction a part of them that was responding to something in that moment and then we take it we label and we say oh that person's a racist or that person is scared or they're happy or they're better than me or i'm better than them or whatever it might be but it's like we we are again we're taking these micro reactions that humans naturally have and we're trying to like wrangle them in through social media by using shame and guilt and blame and all these like shame culture that's kind of developed and it's like we really i think again it all come the answer to me is always the same whether it's racism or violence or dealing with with a communal pandemic like it is right now it's like if you focus on your own work if you work these parts in your system, we're going to all live like you're serving the collective by doing interpersonal work. You're serving yourself, which is awesome. You can be selfish while being selfless at the same time. And you're serving the collective by doing your work. That will lead to, in time, a more inclusive world, one with more safety, one with more love, connection, all the beautiful things that I think we all are wanting. And it doesn't matter what culture you go to on planet Earth, no matter how long ago it was developed, no matter if it's an Amazonian little tribe that they still haven't discovered yet, when we talk to those people, when we talk to people around the world, you find out that the same things are important to everybody everywhere in the world, no matter what language they speak or the color of the skin or who they love, or it just doesn't matter. So the only thing that creates the separation between those things are the parts that live inside each and every one of us yep. that did not have an experience with that culture or with those people and a, and a natural fear of the unknown arises in our system and its culture for most of us or our families that defined how to respond to something when we're afraid. So if we want this, this reacculturation, this connection of community to thrive and be our future, then what we get to do is not to learn how to be new or different than we've been, is actually to reverse and undo the teachings that have been put 
on a system, on a, on a people that are naturally good and loving and creative, and which is what every human being is when they're born. And then we cake on and layer all these other things. And we do it so much that there's so little of that, that natural authentic self left. And even what I pointed to with my healing session yesterday, like that's what I feel when I have deep healing work. It's not like, oh my God, now I see, now everything's better. It's the exact opposite. It's like, oh, there's more of me. Like I haven't felt like me. And I, I've been so much in this part that like, I don't, I've forgotten who I am. So we're not adding something new. We're just remembering what was already forgotten. Yeah. And I think, and, and, and that's not a hard thing. It just, it's like, this work is not hard. It just requires commitment. That's it. Just, just like having a six pack or being good at anything else just requires a daily practice or at least a few times a week where you invest in that. And look, if you work out three times a week, you're going to have a really different body than somebody who works out five or six times a week. It's just what it is, right? If you decide to drink alcohol once a week versus five times a week, you're going to be a different person. If you decide to eat good, healthy food, you're going to be a different person than a person who decides to eat a salad once a week. Like that's just what's so interpersonal work, meditation, quieting yourself, energetics, it's exactly the same. Nothing exactly. special about it. It's just who, what, what work are you putting in? And if it really matters to you, like that, I think that's what people get to define is like, what really matters to you? Is it working a job for survival? Okay, then do that. If that's what really matters to you. I don't think that really matters to a lot of people. Is it uh, building wealth? Cool, then you should get really good at building wealth. But that means you got to go get a new education because school, probably college, did not give you that shit either, right? And again, like interpersonal work, personal development, there's no school for this yet. It is not the commonplace. We are not, we're not setting people up to succeed in this world. And I don't care what you do or what books I read, or anybody who's mastered something, they will tell you that what I'm doing is not special. 10% of doing this is understanding the process. 90% is who you are and how you show up. I think that's true across the board. I feel like I have a superpower because anything I want to invest learning into, at least I know that what I'm taking care of is the interpersonal work that allows me to bring my system to safety, to downregulate my nervous system and make choices from a safe place. So if I'm gonna invest my money or I'm gonna build a business, which again is, a lot of this stuff is actually pretty new for Elon and I to do this and not do it from survival, is yeah. to not do it from survival, is to not build that thing from that place. And I'm like, cool, that, that is a superpower because no matter what I wanna invest my time into next, I'm gonna show up better. Like uh, I'll blow up Elon's spot here a little bit, and I know you got to go soon, so we'll we'll wrap it up. Yep. But the reality is, like I remember, I used to play tennis with Elon, and Elon, one of his parts, he would really get on himself. He'd get like really angry on the court and yell at himself, and it was like jarring to watch, and it made playing with him a lot less fun. Like today from what I know, he's like a cool customer on the court, right? Like very cool, collective, a lot cooler, a lot cooler right? And there is that, that very famous book, like The Inner Game of Tennis, and it's not just about tennis, it's about yourself, your interpersonal work. Somebody who can show up in alignment on the tennis court is just gonna play a better game. Hands that's down, it. hands down. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's, I think, the case across the board. I, I, I've always said that tennis is my final frontier. <laughs> it's it's like, you know, when, when I can show up and be, you know, what people would call Zen on the court always, and no matter what's happening, um, I, I will have known that I've, I've mastered that to a whole other level. Cause it really is like, I, I'm, 
so much better than I was, uh, you know, three years ago on the tennis court, which is I'm, I'm very, very proud of. A uh, couple of things I want to let them know. One, do we have a link for them to go download the meditation? Yeah, they can just go to satoriprime.com forward slash meditate. And that, that link will work now? Because yes. I know you made those changes. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah. And then the other thing is we are in the next week, we're starting our first training of level one of emotional intelligence mastery. So if you still want to get in, like you can get in at the 11th hour, but it's got to be like now. So if you want to just message me personally, you can find out all the information at getemotionalintelligence.com uh, forward slash register, getemotionalintelligence.com forward slash register. <clears throat> you can find out all the information there. If afterwards you're like, you know what, this sounds like up my alley. I want this new level of practice. I want to start doing this kind of deep healing work then just please reach out to me. Either email me at Elon at Satori Prime, or if you're on Facebook Messenger, just find me and message me. But um, we're starting, it's either gonna be Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday of this week will be our first training. So you still got a few days to get yourself in there, okay? Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much, bro. I love you. That was a yeah. really fun and awesome conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. And uh, actually last little bit, I wanna say just, uh, uh, Thoughts and prayers, hearts going out to everyone in Lebanon for everything that's happening yeah. over there and anywhere else in the world where there's, you know, people suffering. Just sending you guys some good vibes. Love you lots. Bye, everyone. I really hope you enjoyed that awesome conversation as much as we did delivering it. And as always, thank you for your continued loyal support and your listening. Now, if you haven't already done so, please make sure you go to Facebook right now and request to join our amazing private group. It's called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It is a quickly growing community with amazing souls and amazing support. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, I can absolutely guarantee that you will love that group. Also, as I mentioned earlier, if you head to Satori prime.com forward slash my satori you can grab that latest 90 minute mind expanding training for free so go grab a notepad a drink and buckle up for that one amazing ride well until next time have an amazing day my friend we look forward to personally connecting with as many of you as possible and seeing how satori prime can help you achieve your dream life today